Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features an excerpt from The Whispered Word, book two in the Secret Book and Scone Society series by Ellery Adams. It's read by local actor Ariel Lynn. The Whispered Word was published in 2018 by Kensington Press. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. The girl has one foot in the grave. Nora Pennington, proprietress of the only bookshop in Miracle Springs, North Carolina, glanced from her friend to the empty chair where she expected to find a pale face slip of a girl who'd hidden in the stacks until closing time. The girl wasn't there. Recalling the hospital ID bracelet encircling the girl's bony wrist, Nora turned her attention back to her friend. June, did she say anything to you? Or to Hester or Estella? June grunted. (laughs) Oh, sure. She told the three of us her whole story. Yes, ma'am. She donated a kidney to the love of her life, and the surgery took place without a hitch. But when the sweethearts woke up, Miss Skinny as a broom handle found out that Mr. Wright was Mr. Seriously Wrong. According to the news report, he was an escaped serial killer. No, that wasn't it. June frowned. He ran a cult. Yeah, one of those brainwashing cults with a male leader and lots of female disciples. When our girl found out, she bolted from the hospital when the nurses weren't watching, snatched a house dress from a clothesline, and hopped a train to Miracle Springs. Behind June, a woman issued a throaty chuckle. June Dixon, I believe you could write fiction, if you were so inclined, said Estella Sadler in an exaggerated southern drawl. She languidly rose from her chair and jerked a thumb toward the back of the bookstore. Since you're perfectly capable of evicting your bubble wrap refugee, Nora, I'm calling it a night. I don't need beauty sleep, but I'll take it all the same. Sweet dreams, ladies. After Estella sauntered out, Nora turned to Hester Winthrop, the fourth member of the Secret, Book, and Scone Society. Bubble wrap refugee? You'll see, Hester said, picking up her handbag. I need to get going, too. The bread won't eat itself at five in the morning, and I have to bake extra loaves for our secret kindness bags. June shook her head. I don't know many people who can wake up when the stars are still shining and buzz around all day like a bee on crack. But you do it. With your freckles and energy, you remind me of Pippi Longstocking. Hester shook her head. Estella's the redhead, not me. Estella's not that kind of book character. She's far more cat-like. Who does she remind me of? She looked thoughtful and then slapped her hands together. Sheer Khan, the tiger from the Jungle Book. That's Estella's literary double. And what book character are you? Nora asked. Though she wanted to check on the strange girl, she was too intrigued by the conversation to move. June put her hand over her heart. When I worked at the nursing home, one of my favorite patients called me a Black Mary Poppins. I'm older, darker, and my hair is way curlier than Mary's, but that's what she called me.
Seeing the shock on Hester's face, June burst into laughter. Honey, it was meant as a compliment. That lady knew how much I tried to put a little magic into the residents' lives. Hester gestured in the direction of Nora's small stockroom. I don't think there's been any magic in her life lately. What will you do about her, Nora? She seems... fragile. Nora frowned. She'd moved to Miracle Springs in search of peace and privacy. She hadn't wanted a single responsibility beyond her tiny house and her bookstore. She hadn't wanted pets or close friends. She hadn't wanted a lover. She refused to join a place of worship or participate in charity events. She didn't sponsor children's athletic teams, enter bake-offs, or take sides in local politics. She didn't seek anyone's company. Despite this, people sought hers. They came looking for her. People with different backgrounds, different skin colors, and different accents. People from all over the globe brought her their stories. They all carried a burden they couldn't put down, no matter how much they wanted to be free from its weight. These weary souls came to her, the bookseller, known to the locals as the beautiful, burned woman, or the bibliotherapist with the scars, in search of relief. Sometimes these people liked Nora, sometimes they didn't, but they all felt at home in miracle books. It was almost impossible not to. Walking through the bookshop was like falling in love for the very first time. New customers would enter the store and hesitate, fearing the only offerings would be New Age titles and crystals. This was a reasonable concern in a town built upon the premise of healing, but Miracle Books had something for everyone. They just didn't always know how to find it. Nora had never bathed in the famed mineral baths of Miracle Springs, so she couldn't tell her customers that the waters possessed restorative powers. She believed books had the power to heal. She believed that carefully chosen words and well-crafted phrases could gift readers with the ability to let a painful past go, to turn the page and start a fresh chapter in their lives, because she believed that every story had something to offer. Nora's store was stuffed with books of every format and genre. The latest best-selling novels in their glossy dust jackets shared shelf space with dog-eared paperbacks. Other shelves held rare first editions, coveted signed editions, and antique leather-bound books. There were books in all conditions, books for all ages, books to satisfy every need, every wish. There was much to see in the warren of shelves and the cornucopia of books for sale, so Nora let her customers wander undisturbed. In fact, she encouraged them to become lost in the labyrinth of colorful spines, to pull down the books and read blurbs, to touch one of the many shelf enhancers. Nora dubbed these knickknacks shelf enhancers before Miracle Books was up and running. Back when she was still assembling her initial inventory, She'd been rummaging through a box of books at a flea market when she'd come across a pair of bronze owl bookends. They weren't in perfect shape. There was minor flaking to the bronze, undoubtedly due to age. Nora liked the owls despite their flaws. Their case was stern, and their sharp talons 
curled protectively over a stack of thick tomes. If you buy the set of Nancy Drews, I'll give you a discount on the owls, the vendor had said to Nora, while overtly studying her burn scars. Nora wasn't used to negotiating, but she knew she had to buy every book at the lowest price if she wanted her business to succeed. She turned the bookends over in her hands and thought of how much more interesting her future store would be if her shelves were enhanced by unique, vintage items. And then she looked the vendor straight in the eye and started haggling. The shelf enhancers were impulse buys for locals and visitors alike. As Nora moved deeper into the stacks, heading for the stockroom, she noticed some of her recent additions. She walked by a wooden mortar filled with crushed lavender, a marble and brass letter holder, a picture frame in pink lucite, a Victorian child's porcelain tea set, and an Art Nouveau trumpet vase. Those were just the treasures in the contemporary romance section. Nora rounded the corner of a bookcase, crammed with pulp fiction novels, and heard a loud clang of brass bells smacking wood. The bells, which had once been attached to a horse harness, now hung from a strip of leather behind Nora's front door. The clanging sound meant that her friends had left Miracle Books. Nora was alone with her books and the strange girl. She found the girl curled among layers of bubble wrap and packing paper. She looked like an undernourished Goldilocks who'd passed out after partying too hard. Nora studied the stranger in the dim light of the stockroom's single bulb, though her slim figure and pallid skin made her seem childlike. Nora guessed that she was closer to twenty than ten. What am I supposed to do with you? She murmured under her breath. Despite Nora's intention to live an uncomplicated life in Miracle Springs, she'd recently become friends with three remarkable women. Together, they formed the Secret, Book, and Scone Society. In the middle of their investigation into the murder of a visiting businessman, Estella, June, and Hester had all shared their deepest secrets with Nora. And eventually, she'd entrusted them with hers. The terrible truth behind the jellyfish burn scar swimming up her right arm, and the pot of bubbly octopi scars floating up her shoulder and neck to caress her cheek with their puckered tentacles. I've already risked enough, Nora thought, staring down at the sleeping girl. Though the investigation was over, the abrupt closure of the community bank had left Miracle Springs reeling. Dozens of people had lost their jobs. Others had been jailed. The town needed to recover. So did Nora. Recovery meant peace and calm. Strange girls sleeping in her storeroom did not make Nora feel peaceful or calm. She was torn. Part of her wanted to shake the girl awake and tell her to move on. This is a bookstore, not a hotel, she could hear herself saying. But another part remembered how the girl had caressed the book spines when she thought no one was watching. There had been such tenderness in that touch, such longing. There had been pain, too. In that moment, Nora had seen herself in the girl, had seen her own need for stories, for escape, reflected in the girl's hungry eyes and desperate fingers. It was this tenuous connection that had Nora striding to one of the shop's reading nooks, grabbing a throw blanket from the back of the fainting couch, and returning to the stockroom to drape the length of the soft cotton 
over the slumbering girl. I wish I could sleep that soundly, Nora thought. She changed her mind almost before this thought was completed. The girl's hospital bracelet and ill-fitting clothing hinted at sleep that was anything but sound. Her sleep was probably deep because she was bone-weary. It was the dreamless slumber of someone who had been running and running until their legs couldn't carry them another step. Nora lingered long enough to wonder why a person would run away from a hospital. But she didn't want to know the answer to that question. She didn't want to get involved. She'd give the girl food and shelter. That was all. After writing a brief note to the sleeping stranger, Nora locked the girl in the bookstore and went home. This reading of The Whispered Word was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about Ellery Adams and her writing on her website, elleryadamsmysteries.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference. And a shout out to our new patrons, Henry and Alexia Foreman. Thanks so much for your support. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check out show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer, wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.